Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I'm Eon, and Blue Negative on Tumblr, and tonight I'm joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Devin. Hi, I'm Devin, GD Harpo on Tumblr and Twitter. And also we're joined with Ellie. Hi, I'm Ellie. You can find me at Attention Deficit Aptitude on Tumblr. Awesome. So um, tonight I'm recovering another Catlin chapter. And before we start, I just want to cover a couple highlights that have happened before this chapter. Our very own Jamie Lannister has defeated and captured Edmure at River Run. Woohoo, Jamie! Go, Jamie! <laughs> <laughs> um, Sir Barristan the Bold was relieved of Lord Commander of the King's Guard. Now, Jamie is now Lord Commander. Woohoo, Jamie! <laughs> <laughs> and um, poor Ned, he's still in the dungeon in King's Landing, and he's about to make a really tough decision. Womp womp. Womp <laughs> All right, so y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah. All yep. right. Um, Team Rob is moving south. Um, he's heading for the Twins, where Lord Walter Frey has gathered a force of 4,000 men. Every day, Rob meets with a different lord and listens to his input. Catelyn discusses Lord Walter with Rob as he meets with Robert and tells him that she fears he will be unfaithful to his oaths. Hmm. Do you think he would really be unfaithful to his oaths, that Lord Walter? He seems Walter like Frey. a pretty upstanding guy. <laughs> He's a bastion of morality and honor, okay? Totally. <laughs> yeah. I had no reason to suspect he would do anything wrong. Right. I mean, he's such a good guy. Sir Brendan is commanding the Outriders. Theon rides up to report that Brendan has crossed swords with Sir Adam's Outriders and killed a dozen. He promises Lannisters will not know when the army splits. He has surrounded the twins with bowmen to bring down any ravens. Lord Walter has killed some Lannister scouts that wandered onto his land, but he is holding back his main strength. There is no other place to cross north of Lord Tywin but to cross the twins, and Rob must have the crossing. The next day, Sir Brendan personally reports on the battle at River Run. I wonder what could have happened at River Run. I feel like maybe Jamie was kicking more ass. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob is angry at Lord Walter and does not know what to do. Catelyn tells him, she pretty much tells him, you got to eat some humble pie and go negotiate with that dude. I thought, um, oh, I'm, I'm losing my losing my train of thought immediately. Um, short-term memory loss strikes again. Um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting how he, you know, how Rob was riding with a different, like a different one of his men every day. And it's kind of echoing how we heard about Ned would have like a different 
um, a different lord or a different retainer at like the head table every night. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see like how he's taking these you know these things that he just saw Ned doing, and kind of is using them in a, in a wartime way too. Mm-hmm. I almost felt bad for Rob when his mom shamed him for his bad <laughs> attitude. <laughs> but, I mean, she was right. But you do feel like just a little bit bad for Rom because he's like, "Mom, you're embarrassing me in front of my men." <laughs> right? I mean, and we always we always forget he's only 15 years old, and yeah. you know, most of these guys have a good 20, 30 years on yeah. him. Yeah. I thought like just some of the um, you. Know, we get this nice build up to the phrase too, you know, while there's 90 and he's, his, it's just funny to hear like the mentions of people are going to know, like, Oh, his, you know, Tywin's sister is married to one of his sons and, you know, just knowing how we're going to be delighted by Jenna, you know, four books I'm, later and stuff. It's, it's fun. To, it's kind of fun to read. Like that was something that surprised me in this chapter is, I mean, Walder is kind of delightful in this chapter. Really? Like he's really kind of great. He really is like if he if I didn't know what was coming, I would be like, man, this old man's hilarious. I know. And it's just it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a shame in a way. It's like, oh, Walder, you could have just been like this crusty old fart that was sort of beloved. And instead, you're just, you know, everyone hates you and they're going to kill all of your family, basically. Mm-hmm. I, also, I don't know if it's in the next section or not. You know what? I'll wait. Cause and if it if it was in this section, I'll I'll talk about it after we're done with the next bit. But but he's awesome. I mean, he sounds like he is really good in this chapter. He's a lot of fun. I mean, oh, yeah. he's not someone I would want to spend any real time with, but like he's oh, no. pretty yeah great to watch. <laughs> like you'd want him to come to Christmas dinner, and you'd kind of look forward to it, but then you'd be glad when he left. You know, no, you know right? what it is. You'd love it if you were going to somebody else's Christmas dinner. Oh, and he was mm-hmm. there. And yeah. he was there. It would be great. If he was your own grandfather or father, you'd be sinking through the floor, especially if there was company. <laughs> but if it was like, you know, someone else's problem, it's it's highly entertaining. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is maybe like how the rest of Westeros kind of deals with him. Like, oh, he's the Tully's like crossed bear. Like we can kind of just like smirk and make fun of them, but the Tully's eventually actually have to deal with them. Well, sorry, this might be coming up later, but I was going to bring up that that exact attitude is I feel like how Tywin feels about him. <laughs> like, oh, sure, we can be buddies and like your son can marry my sister or whatever, because I don't actually have to deal with you. Because <laughs> they'll come live with us, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think I think in Tywin's defense, uh, he very much did not want his sister to marry um, Walder's son. But... That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There's like, yeah, it's, I did not, I mean, it's, it, I did not expect to kind of read this chapter and like the phrase. Like, that was not what I was expecting to happen at all. And yet, I actually am kind of digging the phrase. I know. I I was like, where did all the hatred I have for the Franks go? Suddenly, they seem super charming. <laughs> well, we were in the well, wrong we just, book. We have it. Yeah, we we're in the wrong book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, moving on, I guess. Any any other things to touch on? I, I just can't wait right to, to come to back. Walter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So Rob arrives at the twins with his army flanked by his bannermen. The gates are closed. Rob's bannermen agree that neither assault nor siege will break the fortress. Four of Walter's sons, led by Sir Stevron, come out to greet them. Sir Stevron reports that Lord Walter wants to speak with Rob inside. The, The northern lords are outraged and make their displeasure known. Catelyn seizes the moment and says she will go. Sir Perwin Frey remains behind as a hostage while Stevron and the others take Catelyn inside. She is greeted by Lord Walter, surrounded by his entire family. Lots of family. I'm talking about 20 living sons, 36 grandsons, 19 great-grandsons, and numerous daughters, bastards, and grandbastards. Um... They're kind of like the medieval version of the Duggars, I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Duggars are the modern version of the phrase, whichever you want to go. Pretty accurate. I thought, so um, on the the podcast Twitter this weekend, which follow us at Door Podcast, um, we got into this discussion about how pretty much every main character in A Song of Ice and Fire has a hot uncle. And eventually someone asked, like, well, who's the Frey? So, you know, if you're a Frey, like, who's, your hot, who's the hot uncle in the Frey family? So I actually spent some time on the on What the, did you um, come wiki. up with? <laughs> well, here's what I came up with, is the only one I could find a moderately attractive description for is Hostine, who is just described as brawny with a square face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he doesn't look like a weasel, and he's kind of brawny. Like, okay, I can go with that. But I then mean, I also... Fan art is not helping you, I gotta say. <laughs> I know, I know, but, you know... I mean, I, was, I just went right to the brawny towel guy, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Then oh, I thought, yeah, you know, we... I don't know. I'm looking at, actually, at the the... the the fan art. Oh well, the one guy's not too bad, but the color fan art on the um, Song of Us and Fire yeah. wiki is that is not a hot guy. But maybe. So then, I thought maybe you know we know we know that Rosalind ends up being attractive, and that Perwin and Olive are, are her full brothers. So I kind of was like, well, maybe either. So I feel like maybe either Perwin or or Olivar or their brother that I think is a maester, one of them might be hot. So that's the hot uncle. Otherwise, I guess you know they have their entire other side of the family. So like, you know, Big Walder's family are Blackwoods on his mother's side eventually. So, you know, there's some, you know, the Blackwoods have to probably be fairly attractive. I feel like so there's someone there. But yeah, the more you think about it, you realize that yes, every. A Song of Ice and Fire character has a hot uncle. It's weird. Like, it's I like, know that does George have a hot uncle? He must. <laughs> must. I mean, well, didn't Water, wasn't he married to a Craig Hall at one point, too? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a and, great line. Did you catch the line about the Craig Hall? Craig are like sluts or something? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All the Craig Hall women are sluts. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's just so funny because later on in, a fe- in Feast, that's, um, it's Lyle Craig Hall who. Uh, ends up like hooking up with Gatehouse Amy after they leave, or he like stays at Derry to like hook up with to quote unquote console her. Well, <laughs> I, I'm I'm suddenly reminded of like uh oh got like you know an Anna Green Gables kind of you know they're always talking about how the McPhersons are always this way or this yeah. or that way. I mean, oh God, Walter Frey and in Avonlea, well, I don't know. 
Well, you're you're automatically hooking them up with Rachel Lind, right? Oh God! <laughs> Sorry. See, we knew we were going to have our podcast of kindred spirits <laughs> someday, and here it is. Oh boy, that's quite the pairing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is interesting, like how I think even I think in this chapter, all the phrases look like weasels. All the phrases are blah blah blah. It's like. God, you know, imagine life is like random fray kid number 50. Oh, it'd be mm-hmm. so horrible. I mean, especially because, like, there's hundreds of phrase, And they're all descended from the one guy. And they're all... So, what? And, like, what? no one else in Westeros is going to give you a chance for the most part. Just because, you know, you're the grandson of this crusty old fart. Well, and they can probably barely remember who you are because you have six cousins with the same exact name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. exactly. Water and water. <laughs> well, even the ones who don't, I mean, there are a lot of them with the very similar, yeah, I don't know, it would be unpleasant. I do and love I mean, the idea, yeah. sorry, I just love the idea that Catelyn walks into the castle and the entire family is there and it's just like 150 weaselly people just all staring at her. <laughs> In ugly hats, I love that they... <laughs> I, I do love, love the show game with the hats, like that was great. <laughs> There was a knitting pattern for that hat. Oh really? my god. Yeah. I almost made it and then and now of course I can't find the damn thing again, but could we like that, have that on the blog? Um that would be really great for us all to make matching fray hats. You really should. Call I'll that. see if I can find yeah. it again. It's been a while. Uh. <laughs> One thing I didn't get is this this idea that the twins itself was like really decrepit. Like I didn't really feel like that. I just kind of felt like there were a whole bunch of people and, you know, they were playing up this moment of power for all they for all their worth. But it wasn't like the twins in particular was like a foul place or anything. No, it sounded like it was actually in fact, it's interesting. I think this is the part where they talk about um, uh, Rob's men are like, y- y- you know, Roos looks at that castle. I was like, yeah, we're not going to be able to take that. Mm-mm. I also thought it was hysterical that. um Immediately, Roos is like, oh, you cannot go in there because they're just going to take you and capture you and slit your throat. And I mean, he must have thought about that after going, I wonder if I can use Hmm. that. Yeah. (laughs) What if we did go in there? And yeah. Yeah. He's it's you kind of wonder if um, at this point. George even knew what he was going to do, like was Roos part of. I guess, because he's described as so, you know, fearful and cold and cunning. I think, yeah, he's obviously marked as being oh, a I bad think, guy. I think he knew, because, I mean, it's, the very first mention of Roos is, is next to a mention of Stannis. And I think it's it's Ned thinking back to, it comes from a Ned chapter, I think. And he's recalling that um, during the rebellion, they had captured uh, Barristan Selmy. And the question arose with what to do with him. And um, Bruce is like, well, kill him. And uh, Stannis was very much a no, no. He was doing what he was supposed to. He was, you know, serving his king. And this is, you can't do that. And it's interesting because Stannis is always, you're always viewing him until you see him in the second book through other characters. Um, it's not till you get to the second book and everybody hates him or 
thinks ill of him except Davos, but you don't get that till the second book. But Roose, right away, you know, every instance of this man, this is not a trustworthy guy. No. So I think, I think, yeah, I think it was planned for him to uh, betray. Well, it was, it looks like from, from this chapter, it looks like, I mean, it's totally planned that water is untrustworthy (laughs) and he's going to totally stab him in the back at one point. I mean, these are pretty unsubtle hints of like, Ooh, I don't know. Walter Frey, he's nobody trusts him. The late Walter Frey. (laughs) Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't think that Walter, I don't think the phrase would have betrayed Rob if he hadn't backed out of the marriage. Totally. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For I sure. I mean, Bruce would have, but the phrase, you know, I, know, I think it was in. just, if we're talking, if Martin had it planned, I think, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing you, you know, you definitely get out of a reread of A Game of Thrones is like, it's not super subtle. Mm-mm. No, but, I mean, but like, at the time, it feels subtle, because like, yeah. When you go back, you're like, oh, man, he was really hitting us over the head with all this foreshadowing. Right. But at the time, you, like, don't really see it mm. at all, yeah. which is why I think he can sometimes, George, I feel like, gets into these moments where he's a little too subtle for a first-time reader. But then you go back and you're like, oh, my God, he wasn't being subtle at all. <laughs> and then knowing, like, his writing style, you wonder, you know, was he, like, too subtle for himself at some points? <laughs> <laughs> And then it's interesting, you know, thinking about what we, you know, what we know about the, you know, the last, the last book and like all the things that we think are going to happen. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, if we ever do get a next book, all of the things that will be revealed that we just totally missed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I really love about like the books, the whole readability on it, because there's times where, you know, you'll catch things sometimes not even on the second rating, but on the third rating, you'll see something you never noticed before. I mean, that ha- I was doing a, I was reading a passage on the last podcast and I caught something like as I was reading it that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. It was like the heart of, I think it was something about the heart of heart her of heart of stone and casterly rock. And it was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. right. like even I this really throwaway mention of Jennifer, I got so yeah. excited. I was like, Oh my God, I totally forgot that they'll just like threw this away several books yeah. before we even meet her. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm on a uh, Ravelry, which is a, a knitting site. I cannot <laughs> find the Frey hat, although there are some really kick-ass um, fingerless mitts in various house uh, sigils. If any of our <laughs> listeners know how to do color work, um, mm. these all look pretty awesome, but no Frey hat. <laughs> I can't well, imagine it would be hard, though. It looks like a fairly, you just have to make it like kind of hat a weird flaps, pointy right? thing. Yeah. Just knit the ugliest hat you can imagine. <laughs> There has to be a seller on Etsy that makes these. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, that I didn't look yeah. for. I was looking for a pattern. Yeah. But I will keep at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Mm. All right. So Lord Walter, Water is rude to Catelyn and insults her father and brother. And um, Water is bitter with Lord Tywin for not asking for his help. Lord Holster... For not coming to his last two weddings and not having Edmure marry one of his daughters. He's also mad at John Aaron for not taking any of his grandsons to foster and sending Robert, Robert Aaron, to foster with Stannis instead of him. Oh, God. Yeah. I missed this the first time. (laughs) Yeah. I know, right? I missed it too. Catelyn is surprised by this as she thought 
he was going to be fostered with Lord Tywin. But Walter assures her it was Stannis. And this is the second time that she's heard that, too, because she heard that from um, the maester at, at the at the uh, Erie. Meister Coleman? Was it Coleman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Is that just a like plot line that just gets dropped? Like him supposedly being fostered somewhere? Um, Robert Aaron? Like, well, I they, think keep, they bring it up so many times in this book and yeah. then never again. Well, I think it's supposed to be, um, you know, indicate, or it should be indicating to her that, you know, Lice is lying to her. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah, think I think that's the whole point of it is that like it's subtle hints that like Lice is lying and that Catelyn never got the full real story. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's actually about whether or who, you know, who Robin was supposed to be fostered with. I don't think that's as really it's like a MacGuffin or a, it's just sort of there as a, a plot device. You know, I wonder if it's going to show up and and wins. I I just wonder. Well, I feel like it already did kind of show up with the big reveal of Lysa being the orchestrator of Robert Aaron's death. I mean, there are so many little hints here of like Lysa is angry in the background at John Aaron for trying to foster sweet Robin you know, mm-hmm. anywhere, really. She doesn't want him anywhere, but on her boob. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, in all he's got of a very, stories, He's got a very short leash. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> in all of these stories, there's this, like, in every one, they mention that, like, oh, like, in this one, it's, like, Lysa stormed out of the room when he said that he was going to foster Sweet Robin with Stannis. And it's, like, those subtle little background things that, like, Lysa was not happy. <laughs> All right. Um, they finally get down to business and work out an agreement, which Catelyn brings back to Rob. By the terms, Rob may cross and Water's men will join him. Less 400 than that will stay to hold the twins. In return, Catelyn will foster two of his grandsons, Water and Water. Rob will take Oliver Frey as his squire. Elmer Frey is to wed Arya if she is alive. And Rob is to marry one of Walter's daughters after the fighting. Rob decides to leave Sir Helmand at the twins with 400 men to ensure Walter's loyalty. That evening, Rob crosses with the majority of his men while Lord Roos stays on the other bank and marches south to confront Tywin. I loved the negotiation between them. Um, You know, Walder basically, you know, basically telling Cat like, she's just going to have to give him whatever he wants. And what he wants isn't going to be, I mean, frankly, what he wants isn't completely unreasonable. No, no, actually, that isn't. It's when we get to not just one marriage, but two. Yeah. Like, you give him, you get, you know, if you're getting the queen, you're not marrying the daughter to, like, your last kid. You know, that's bullshit. But, you know. The queen, you know, the queen is reasonable in the, what the Starks get for not betrothing their children. I think yeah. in terms of the long game, it's not. I mean, I'm sure Rob still would have fucked it up, but um, they probably could have gotten more mileage with betrothing Rob elsewhere to the daughter of, I don't know, 
You know, the more I think about it, though, the more I think because Rob was, like, building a kingdom between the North and the Riverlands, he really had to have a wife from the Riverlands. Well, that's true. To tie because, in a I mean, second kingdom. His other options are what? Marjorie, who's got kingdoms well, be- between I mean, she'd her be perfect, but, yeah, it ain't going to happen. The Martells, mm-hmm. which are at the ass end of the other country, right. and, uh, I'm not sorry. His own banner, you know, his own bannerman, or, you know, I don't, I don't know, know who else is in the Shireen, Riverlands. But that's not going to happen, and, you know, she's, like, what, six? Yeah, and... <laughs> You know, within the Riverlands, it's like he's not, you know, there's no Tully that he's going to, there's no right. Tully. Um, you know, the Blackwoods have just Bethany, who's too young at this point. So I so, think, you yeah, know. It's just like, I feel like Catelyn felt like she had to give the guy everything he asked for. And I almost wish we had gotten to see the negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely do. Because I, I see people give Kat, um, they give her a lot of shit all the time just for like not being a good negotiator. But we don't know because we didn't get to see. She says like the rest was only haggling or whatever. But um, I definitely would have wanted to see like how it went, like her counter offers or anything like that. Um, or like what he wanted. Like, did he want all of her kids who were capable of, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and then she got it down to just those two. Yeah, <laughs> two. I definitely would have wanted to see that. I do love the idea that he's like, no, all of your children have to marry any of mine. (laughs) Take your pick. Um, um, But I do feel like it would be interesting to see, but I feel like one of the reasons he didn't include it is because I feel like Catelyn's almost defeated from the beginning because Walder is in such a ridiculous position of power. He's like, you have to cross my river and I know that. So you're going to give me whatever I want. And you have to be polite enough for me to not throw you out before I make my demands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think that, you know, everyone says that, you know, they're in a, the the twins is Delright, and it's in disrepair and it's, you know, it's not very great. Derelict. Okay. They're banking. I don't think that it is. I think they're banking. People have to cross the twins to get across. So yeah. they're making some I mean, money. they're literally river trolls. Oh, wow. Did anyone Perfect. catch his, his class? Like, there's a classic Walter quote here where when they're getting confused about who um, who's going to foster Robert Aaron and between Stannis and Tywin. And he's like, no, it was Lord Stannis. Walter Frey said irritably. Do you think I can't tell Lord Stannis from Lord Tywin? They're both bungholes who think they're too noble to shit. But never mind about that. I know the difference. <laughs> That's partly what's so funny. Like, he starts talking about Tywin eating beans and farting. I mean, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny he, with, you know, knowing in the show. Like, think about all the people that had such a hard time telling between, like, Tywin and Roose and um, Stannis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I didn't get the sense that the castle was falling down at all. I mean, if it had been falling down, they would have been able to get through it or they would have been able to fight them or starve them out. But no, they've got the situation where there's two castles. The the one lord whose name escapes me, um, you know, I think makes the point that it's not like they would need another army to like, you know, see because you'd have to get both towers. Right. And then Tywin's going to take them in the rear, you know, like they're kind of. They're literally screwed. And I have a feeling that, well, maybe not. I mean, if we're going with them as the Duggars or whatever. But <laughs> if, it, if it was in that much of a mess, yeah, I have to think that a lot of those 
they're not even what I call normal heirs and spares, but you know, like the the kids who are like the you know seventh and eighth son who all have their own children that a lot of those people would have left a long time ago. Well, plus, like they've intermarried with the other Riverlands and the Westerlands family, so they have, or you know, even in the Vale, so they have like family allies amongst other, you know, amongst other um, lords yeah, too. I, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. not quite like you know, I don't know what people are envisioning like a shack and a country road or something it's you know it's a little well, more involved than that when when i was reading this chapter it described the twins as formidable but ugly like never derelict or in disrepair it was just like look strong but hideous mm-hmm. yeah um, Similarly, I think the Duggars also live in a strong, hideous house. <laughs> I'm proud to say I have no idea where they yeah, live. No, I, I've only watched like one episode once, but yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's just the phrase, you know, I think people, a lot of fans, you know, you read about the fabulous wealth of the Lannisters or, you, you know, this or that. And I think a lot of people tend to just assume that anyone who's not in those families is, you know... I, I mean, Walter's supporting of... a hell of a lot of kids and grandkids. And, you know, so they've got money. It's the end of a long summer. So they've gone through a period where they've had, you know, a bunch of good harvests. And they're probably, you know, commerce is probably, you know, commerce is kicking. So they're exacting some tolls along the way. You know, they're, well, this they're is probably in... like the height of their power right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't get the impression that they're like the trailer trash of Westeros. I mean, they kind of are in some reason. They are in like a Kardashian kind of way. <laughs> okay, I, I have to actually at this point, I, I know we usually save the mail for last, but there's a message that speaks to this. So I is it okay if I read it? Yeah. Uh, you can go with mail right now. I mean, oh, well, that no, was... I'll hold off on the other two, but um, I Heart Dramas, who initially um, um, had we had booked as a guest, um, said dear ladies i'm so sad i couldn't be here today so i could rep my favorite social climbing backstabbing hot mess of a house yes, house Prey of the twins is basically a mix of the duggars and the kardashians just the <laughs> Hi. love them or hate them they will forever live on in infamy see you in the new year i just i mean yeah the like i think that's kind of one of the weird themes of this chapter is you know the phrase maybe weren't that bad yeah although i am always mad at rob about just like not really giving i mean in the show it's worse like oh aria's and you know aria's engaged haha like he kind of plays it off like here he's being nonplussed so he's just sort of taken aback right although i do love theon's reaction in the show is one of his like great early theon moment he laughs at over (laughs) rob got a pretty sweet deal in this i mean he could pick any of the daughters of his choosing Right. I mean, yeah, it wasn't the granddaughters. Right. Anyone. And everybody <laughs> knows that Walter Gray has like a million to choose from. Surely one of them is going to be good looking. I right. love he how he's picked... like, virgins, widows, you name it, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got <you> all. <laughs> Come on down to big old Walters. I got women for you. <laughs> all of them named whatever. Yeah. No, I think I think in the show, Rob comes off, Rob and Theon both come off as terribly callous about the fate of their, you know, well, Rob's little sister, but I think in the book, it's just he seems sort of taken aback that this is even a, a thing, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think speaks to his inexperience and his na- naivete because 
you know, Catelyn had to know when she went in there to negotiate that that might be one of the outcomes. Yeah. she. I think she probably gave more than she thought she was going to have to. Right. Because, you know, I don't think even she could anticipate how greedy Walder was going to be here. But, I mean, you know, he's he's pissed. I liked the way that this chapter ended. Um, you know, the very last sentence is, for good or ill, her son had thrown the dice. And I thought it was, you know, it's interesting if you go forward into a storm of swords and it's the chapter where um, where Danny uh, gets the unsullied. And it's very much like that same kind of language, the throwing the dice, crossing the trident, like he's giving, you know, he's giving Rob this moment, you know, like basically the point of no return. So this is, you know, he leaves the north, he he crosses the twins and it, it's the point of no return for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, damn it, Rob. He could have picked Roslyn. Yeah. yeah. Or Gatehouse mm-hmm. Amy or Fat Walda, who's right. awesome. <laughs> yeah. There are some very charming fray ladies out there. Right. Like, ah. He should have picked before they left. Like, yeah. after, like as they were crossing, go in, line them up, and like, let's just pick one. Whatever, whatever. And I mean, like, I think he would have been. Like, he would have been faithful. Like, they didn't even have to get married. But I mean, if he had, you know, if he was engaged and then he's at the crag, he's not sleeping with anyone. Like, there's too right. much indebted. Right. Him after he's, to... like, actually met her and everything. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Because, like you said, too much Ned. Yeah. Like, he would, and he would totally be faithful and he would just, you know, he wouldn't really ever even know any better. Mm hmm. Well, I was, it's funny you brought that up because I was going to ask the exact same thing. Like, do you think if he had actually gone in and looked some of these women in the eye, would he still have made this huge mistake? Because I I agree. I don't think he would have done it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely don't think so. Especially not, I think, if it he had met, um, if it had been, let's say, Rosalind. I mean, Gatehouse Amy might have... um, provoked him into um you know okay how do i get out of this i don't know but um i'd have frightened him away and as much as i love walda i mean fan walda is very different from canon walda but um good in the sack though well yeah but i mean how would he know that you know that on site (laughs) but i think like if he had met Rosalind, i think yeah he would have started to like she would have been real as opposed to this thing I promised, you know. Right. And, you know, he would have been like Oliver would have been his squire. So his bro- her brother would brother. have been his squire. Yeah. He would have had like this, you know, because he, you know, one of the things I think, you know, we lament a little bit with Rob is that he loses all of his fan. You know, he loses all of his family as like a support. Like, you know, the fact that he doesn't have John there and there, then he's kind of leaning on Theon more than, you know, Kat's really comfortable with. Whereas, you know, if, you know, he had been married or, you know, even engaged at that point. Yeah, I mean, Oliver as a brother-in-law, who's like the slightly, you know, kind of plays that same role as the young since he's just a couple years older than Rob, you know, would have been a really different relationship. You kind of do have to wonder why at that point that they didn't have some sort of a. Well, and the other thing is, is your 15 year old boy going off to war? You don't want to get laid before? Like, come on. Like, Good. What Great. the hell? <laughs> he is a Stark. He is. He knows he's not supposed to be thinking about that. But you know what? He's well, maybe if he that. did it, he'd stop thinking about it. I'm sure yeah, he's thinking real. about it. He's a 15-year-old boy. 
but he's pretending that he's not thinking about it. So even if they gave him the option, he'd probably be like, no, 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 what? No, honor. I don't need that. I have, I'm a king. I have honor. And like they try to make a point in the chapter about like how little time they have, but I think they have enough time for this to like. <laughs> no, it's not like a fifteen-year-old boy it ain't gonna take very long. <laughs> <laughs> At at the very least, there should have been an introduction, and then maybe he could have been pining for her, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not going to do the wedding thing, which I get, you know, but at least a formal betrothal or meeting your girlfriend, you know, your future wife would have. It could have all worked out. We could have had it all. We could have had it all. Well, I also wonder if he, like had the like some of his bannermen there hanging out while Catelyn's in there negotiating the bannermen are all talking about how hideous and weaselly all the phrase are looking and so when Catelyn comes back and is like oh by the way you're gonna marry one rob's like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure their reputation somewhat precedes them too mm-hmm. all right so do we have any more mail karma we do actually uh, we have a question. Uh, this came from an, an Anon on Tumblr. In George R.R. R. Martin, Martin's original outline, Cat, Bran, and Arya end up with Mance Radar north of the wall. I didn't know this. Well, maybe mm. I did. Cat uh, is killed by the others and presumably becomes a white. Do you think that's why George made her Stoneheart? Because she ends up undead in his original version. Yes. Mm. I do. I, th- I think, like... He had the plan that she was going to die, obviously, already. And so I, I think the fact that she didn't die because of the others, like she wasn't killed by the others, that he just decided to come up with Stoneheart. Well, and, you know, maybe he has some moment where, like, Arya, maybe it is Arya that has to, like, you know, re-kill her own mother. Like, maybe this is, a maybe this is like, a point or, or a moment that Arya is supposed to have or that some some character is supposed to have where they like re-kill someone and maybe it is Brienne in, in the term in sense of um, you know Kat being like a second mother to her but yeah I think there must be something there must have been something in his mind about like having that child or the you know the person playing the role of the child having to kill their own mother their own undead mother because mm-hmm. he's really one fucked up dude he really is <laughs> like gotta love him but man you're twisted george um yeah i don't know i've never really thought about it but i think it's probably true that he like always wanted her to be an undead right monster and just found a way to do it without making her another mm-hmm. i do think brianne's gonna be the one to kill her we also got um a piece of mail um this mostly this has to do with the show and spoilers um well we spoil everything if you're listening (laughs) to us you should know that by now um hi ladies um there's been a lot of spoil spoilers flooding in recently and i've done some mostly reasonable speculation on jamie's storyline in season seven love to hear what you think and then she goes on to i think this is well if, if you're male, I'm sorry. I'm assuming you're female, and I shouldn't do that. Uh, Jamie gets Widow's Whale and leaves King's Landing at some point. And if the rumors are right, he ends up attacking Highgarden and consequently getting ambushed by the Dothraki. At this point, I think Tyrion will convince his queen to spare Jamie's life, and he'll be taken prisoner instead of killed. 
Now, there is also the rumor that Brienne is going with Davos and Jon to meet the Dragon Queen. So at some point, she might have the opportunity to see Jaime while he is held captive. It seems like nice symmetry because he was a prisoner when they first met. He's going through some really difficult shit this season regardless. All his kids are dead. His twin is a maniac. He needs Brienne around to sort of keep him sane. I'm imagining a JB conversation through prison bars. What if Brienne's the one to convince him to swear his allegiance to Daenerys in order to free himself? Also, if those prison bars are spaced far enough apart, all that stuff could happen be, uh, through them. Wink. Of course, it's just a theory. I know nothing. Loving the Catelyn chapters. Um, so I have to say, though. I have not kept up with the spoilers at all. So I'm okay. really not. But I'm sure you guys know what's going on. So No clue. I have I no mean, clue. I mean, I, I think like that's probably pretty accurate. I think um, the stuff about him being a prisoner, I don't know. But, it, you know, he could. It could be. Um, it seems like he has some kind of autonomy at some point later in the season, though. So if he is, you know, if he is captured, if he is imprisoned, he presumably, like, has, finds a way out of it. So it's, you know, it's totally, I mean, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. I'm happy for Jamie if um, he doesn't spend season seven Sent, you know, slightly off center over Cersei's shoulder for like six episodes. That's really all I, oh, I, I don't want to deal with. Also, the fact that apparently Kyburn has invented an anti dragon gun is really all I want from season seven. And the next, the next preview episode we have <laughs> oh, might shit. just be like half an hour of me squeeing about how excited I am about the anti dragon gun. I just want a Larry and Carol less season. I don't want to see Larry or Carol at all. I don't think I'm going to get that, but that's what I want. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, if you're going to see Carol, then what the hell was the point of anything? Like, Mm -hmm. Larry, I could at least, you know, but Carol's the one that, like, if she didn't die at the end of season six, then, you know, what what was the whole point of it? Mm -hmm. Mm. So that's our mail. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just kind of looking forward. I'm hoping that they have, uh, you know how, like, I've heard that they... Like during season one, there was a head on one of the spikes that they used a mask of George W. Bush. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I'm hoping that they have a Trump one. You know, I actually me, tweeted at Brian Cogman and was like, "Hey, any chance that you guys have a Trump <laughs> mask you can put on a pike?" <laughs> Did he respond uh, or no? No, no. Mm. Oh well. Um, but that's it on the mail. That's it. That's awesome. She wrote. awesome. Well, thank you for the comments. Um, I'd like to thank our panel for tonight. This was a really good episode. I, I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. This was such a good chapter. Um, well, that concludes our podcast for the night. If you have any questions or comments, you can visit us on Tumblr. Um, you can also shoot us an email at close the door and at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter um, at door podcast. Not Backdoor Podcast. That's a totally different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes. We love seeing reviews there. Oh, and check us out on Patreon. 
Becoming one of our Patreons has it perks like early access to our latest episodes. Um, we're pretty much our Patreon slaves. So become a Patreon. Get yourself some slaves. <laughs> <laughs> I was not told this. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't agree with that either. Right. Uh, but um, I think I'm going to close this out tonight. Um, I'm closing the door and get out.